The following is a hoop ball presentation. Hello and welcome to the Hoopball NBA DFS Today podcast. Today is Sunday, November 17th, and we are going to be breaking down the NBA slate for tomorrow, Monday, November 18th, and it's a full nine-game NBA slate. I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach, and I am joined by the one and only DFS Shark, the NBA DFS wizard himself, Mr. Michael Apatria. Michael, how are you, man? I feel like I haven't done a show with you in a month. Uh, that's what it feels like, man. I missed you. Uh, you know, my good buddy. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, you missed a lot over here. Kind of been getting a couple of our new guys fired up and ready to go. And, you know, joining with joined by Andy and Miles over the weekend. Andy did a couple of shows. Miles and I did a show uh, earlier during the weekdays. But, yeah, man, I mean... I missed you, plain and simple. I mean, I never thought I'd say that. I, I got a good few jabs in there on the on the shows where you weren't on. Oh, though, so I that. heard them. A 282-year-old <laughs> guy with uh, 176 years of watching hoops or whatever the numbers were. It was pretty ugly. That's all right. I, you know, that's it's all okay. love, Coach. All love. You know that. It's okay. No worries. But, no, I, I'm with you, though, man. It was I, – I've missed you and missed talking hoops, but uh, – yeah, Miles. Hats off to Miles and Andy. You know, both doing their first pods, and uh, you know, you did a great job with them, and and so did Andrew. So, hats off to everybody for holding the fort down this weekend. It was, I thought, everybody had some terrific takes, and hopefully, uh, really helped our listeners make some DFS money out there. But uh, they did a great job, and I'll tell you what, Andrew was pretty darn humble for winning the coach's challenge. And then just, you know, sort of playing it cool. I think I might have been a little bit more frosty than that. But, you know, he's, he's a cool cat. That's why the girls call him Handsome Hanson. You know how it goes. Yeah, you, actually, you know what I mean? Act like you've been there before. And, you know, Andrew's the guy that's been there plenty of times. And that's why we love having him on this show. Uh, we know he's good. And, I, yes, uh, I'm going to be jealous when he takes a photo and sends me of him wearing his nice, his nice T-shirt. Uh, that was something I was really looking forward to. Win, but I'll have my shark yeah. coach one of these days. I'm sure. It's sharp, man. It's it's the gray with the blue lettering. It's yeah. It's going out in the mail to to Andrew. He'll will he'll have to wear wear it when you've got your chicken suit on. Uh, we can do a the live feed for the NBA uh, All Stars game. Yeah, because we'll, we'll, you know I'm I'm winning. We'll see if I we'll am see winning. Do one tonight. How about that? We'll we'll start with that one. Last time you uh, chicken suit out. Uh, and didn't want it, and you wanted a night off. So we'll see. Yeah, if, look uh, at this long string. I've had all these days now of being in the lead. It's it feels so good. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got nine games. I'm sure we'll get one going tonight. So I'll, I'll have my chance to tie this back up. Awesome, man. Well, we we uh, we want to thank our spot presenting sponsor, Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee Company. I know we've got uh, now Miles and Andy have to to get the coffee you and i and andrew are already guzzling it down every morning so we get those guys aboard we'll have the whole dfs team uh, on the kona bandwagon but we want to thank them uh for being our presenting sponsor and uh we look forward to uh to getting this thing rolling so let's do it we've got nine games no sense in delaying any further because it is a pretty big slate and there's so many guys hurt in the league. That's the one thing I'm shocked about is 10 games into an 82-game uh, schedule, it's, it seems like uh, 25% of the league is out. It's crazy. Yeah, a lot of injuries to talk about, a lot of injuries to deal with. And, you know, that just means loads of value in DFS generally. So 
you know, I, on tonight's slate, uh, you know, we record this obviously the night before, so I'm talking about the Sunday slate. Loads of value all over the place. You know, it was very hard to build a lineup and construct a lineup and not just gravitate towards the stars and scrub method. So, you know, I think that, you know, when we have that much value in this many games, again, like nine games on, um, that's going to be a method that I think a lot of us will kind of tend to gravitate towards. Yeah, I mean, it, it really just becomes the, the norm, you know, as opposed to, you know, just building that mid-level lineup. It's just almost impossible to do it because you're forced to take some of these super cheap guys and then allows you to spend up on the big boys. But that seems to be the trend, you know, in a lot of these tournaments, even the even the game 50-50s seems to be a lot of people, uh, you know, jumbled up around the same number because uh, everybody's doing the same thing. So we'll see. Let's try to find some gems in here to make some difference uh, for the listeners to, uh, to sort of stand out and uh, step above. So, all right, let's go. We've got first game, 7 p.m. Eastern, and it's a real snooze fest here. The the awesome four name Cleveland Cavaliers against the stellar three and ten New York Knicks. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. So I'll start with the Cavs and you know, generally when I'm looking at the Cavs, I'm looking at their front court with Kevin Love and Tristan Thompson. Uh they're both of their salaries are finally starting to come down to a you know a range where we can really you know, look at them and actually be enticed to play them. But you know, Kevin Love's mostly available to play, so I'm not really worried about that. Um, good matchup he, for both. I, I want to not to interrupt you, but he tweaked his knee during the game. You know that, right? Yeah, yeah, and then that's so, that's what I'm speaking on. I when he's a tweak, that. when he's a tweak, he's usually you know sort of like an Anthony Davis tweak. It seems like he always sits. But I'm just saying. So didn't want to interrupt, but just no, no, no. I'm glad you brought up the injury. I mean, I just said that he's he's supposedly going to be available to play. Um, I, I did read a report it. that they're expecting him to play. So it doesn't mean I'm going to be playing him. I just wanted to mention. If anything, I'd rather play Tristan Thompson because his salary really dipped down to 5,600, and the Knicks yeah. play big. So when we know that the you know that the opposing team is going to be playing big, that's how we know that we can really expect you know, north of 30 minutes for Thompson. And Larry Nance is considered doubtful at this point. So with right. with Nance doubtful, I think he's expected a few more minutes. Zizic is back, but, you know, working his way back from uh, playing a fasciitis that kind of limited him. He didn't even play in the preseason and just played in his first game. Um, I wouldn't expect anything much from him. So I, I'm okay with going to the front court and just mainly Thompson. Well, this, this will be a low over-under and uh... – these teams are so bad, man. I watched the Cavs uh, to, uh, earlier today, and they're just old coach beeline, man. I love him, but he's got such a lot, a ton of work to do with this team. They just turned it over like crazy and, you know, just did not look good. And it, it's hard, especially if I don't trust Love's status. And, uh, you know, I think, Mitchell Robinson's a rough matchup for Tristan Thompson. I, I mean, he's going to have a little bit of difficulty unless he can get him in foul trouble because Mitchell seems to be playing a little bit better. Uh, you know, the Knicks share the ball. They split minutes all over the place, you know, because they have the, the free agency, uh, the genius move of signing six power forwards uh, goes into this. Fisdale somehow still hanging on to his job by a thread. But uh, all that to be said, I'm passing this game. With nine games, I'm going to consider it an eight-game slate, bro. I don't blame you because I really have no interest on the, anybody on the Knicks, really. Um, just like you said, a bunch of poor situations. I, I will just say, you know, monitor Randall. His price tag did jump up a little bit. But, you know, when it's floating around that mid-six range, I think there's still a little juice left on the bone, as I say, Coach. Yes. Uh, but not in, the, the, in this matchup, I don't think it's anything that really you know entices me to gravitate towards it. So, uh, Thompson, if you want to take a shot on anybody, that's that's pretty much where I'm drawing the line. I don't blame you. And I'm going to look at the as we speak here because it's so important. Uh, this next game is a 7.30 Indiana Pacers at the Brooklyn Nets. And this is where we start getting into uh, so many guys out. How does it affect 
everybody else on the floor. So we know right now that Sabonis with a right hip contusion is questionable. Uh, Brogdon with a back is out. You know, those are two monsters. Uh, Jeremy Lamb is questionable with a left angle sprain, and it's leaning more towards doubtful than questionable. TJ McConnell's questionable uh, with an injury as well. And so they are just decimated there. So what, you know, what does that do for you on the pacer side of the ball? So, yeah, obviously Brogdon, um, you know, being on the better half, doubtful ruled out, you know, I think that obviously opens up Aaron Holiday sliding over uh, and playing the one. And we saw they got a ton of usage, a ton of minutes, still at a fair price tag, pretty good matchup. So I still think he's in play at 5,500 on DraftKings. Um, you know, I'm not going to go overboard just because he's replacing him because, yes, the price is up. So uh, that's, you know, that's the one thing I think I'm going to be the most interested in. I like the shot attempts there, too. He wasn't afraid to shoot. Having, even having his older brother in the starting lineup, you think he'd maybe be a little yeah. more timid. But the 18 shot attempts, he only shot 27% from the field and put up 29 DraftKings points. So that's, if, you know, that's the definition of juice left on the bone, just knowing that if he shot even 40%, he was looking at like a 35-point night. Um, yep. and, and that's definitely a difference maker, I think, in this matchup. And, you know, Jeremy Lamb is one injury that I'm really monitoring because if he does play, then we'll probably see him start and play limited minutes, and then we'd end up seeing, uh, you know, Justin Holiday move back to the bench. But if he's out again, Justin Holiday starting at 4,200, not a huge upside guy. He's really boomer bust, but he's almost like a Kent Bazemore type player where he can rack up steals, uh, you know, get decent rebounds for a guard and do it in a couple different ways. So, I think that would be my main interest. Um, if Sabonis is out, definitely look at Miles Turner center going against the Nets. But that's something that we're going to have to wait and see on. And if Sabonis does play, and if we don't hear if there's any limitations, his price is down to 7300 and going against the Nets, big rebounder. Um, targeting one of these guys in the front court is, is generally on a consensus night going to be good for you if they're playing the Nets. Um, yeah, good take. Um I'm, I've, I've got my eye on two pacers in this game that I'm planning on dialing up. I mean, Indiana's 26th in the league in pace, Brooklyn's third. So it's a monster pace-up game for Indiana, uh, even with all those guys out, and uh, maybe even more so because Sabonis is a little bit more of a half-court set uh, kind of a player. So I'm, I'm going to turn my attention definitely to Aaron Holiday for some of the reasons that you just stated. Plus, I just think he's got a lot of upside. And with T.J. McConnell uh, very possibly not playing either, I mean, he really has to soak up a lot of point guard minutes here. And I think he's very capable of doing it. I think he's he's got starter ability, and he just has needed a little bit more time out there. The other guy I like is TJ Warren. When you know when other players are out that have good usage, like Sabonis and Lamb and huge Brogdon, he's a top fifteen usage guy. Then you know that has to funnel a lot towards Warren. He's not shy. He takes a lot of shots when it's needed, and he can you know hit the jumper. He's a slasher. Draws a lot of fouls. So I think he fits uh, really well in this game without question. Um, on the other side of the ball, uh, we've got Kyrie Irving listed as questionable. But, you know, it's it's a right shoulder impingement. So, it, you know, I'm not sure uh, what that means or what, you know, what that's going to do to his likelihood to play. It's just strictly a questionable uh you know so we've got to follow that news tomorrow but if he's out i think you know spencer dinwiddie's a, a certainly a good uh good guy to go to especially with the inexperience of the backcourt with brogdon being out i would never play him with brogdon's defense in there but i think dinwiddie's a good option because they're also missing lavert and uh so they've got to pick up uh, some of that slack you also can con consider Torian Prince uh, as a good GPP play because you know, he gets mid to upper 30s in minutes every game. Uh, but really, that's the only other guy I'm looking at from uh, the Nets. 
Yeah, it's it's you know it's Dinwiddie. I think Dinwiddie is going to be the most prime candidate we saw in the last game. A lot of the minutes and usage are pretty much being thrown right at him and Joe Harris directly. Um, and Joe Harris came out and put up a massive game. I think it was something yes. like twenty eight and four. So like that's something that I think you know that's that upside that we could see in him. Doesn't mean that we're going to get that on a night to night basis, but he's definitely capable of putting up you know high twenties to thirty uh, DraftKings points with this sort of role. So I think more or less I'm looking at Harris. I'm looking at Dinwiddie. Um, I'd probably have just obviously I think more Harris, uh, more more Harris, more interest in Dinwiddie. I meant to say, um, yeah, just simply because we know exactly what kind of ball handling responsibilities he's going to have. The Nets can kind of swap in a few different other guys at the wings. They're throwing Temple in the starting lineup as well, so they can mix and match. But the bottom line is Dinwiddie's going to have to play a ton of point guard for him. Um, and I'm glad you brought up Warren because, yeah, I, I kind of glanced right over him and I didn't really mention him, but he took 21 shot attempts in the last game. He's not a guy that's ever gun shy. He's going to have a ton of usage. And uh, the way that the, the Nets do play is that they like to run Prince at the four a lot. And, you know, it just makes more sense if they decided to go small. If they wanted to sit Sabonis, um, this would be a matchup that it would make perfect sense just to give him a nice uh, night off, let him rest up a little bit and get ready for the next one. Yeah, no doubt. Um, the, I was going to say too, Joe Harris had a career high eight assists in that last game. So, you know, I, I see that as a bit of a, an aberration. I, I don't think, I mean, I like Joe Harris. He's solid, but I think some of that, if, if Kyrie sits again, will shift more over to Dinwiddie. I think, you know, it, it'd be such a points chase, uh, to go after Harris, in this in this spot, in my opinion, so I'm with you. All right, let's move on to Game Three, 7:30 game, Charlotte Hornets at the Toronto Raptors. Um, interesting game. Um, Charlotte six and seven. You know, it looks like Devonte Graham is their star. I mean, whoever would believe that a guy that wasn't you know was going to be interesting to see if he made the roster to then, you know, getting a few minutes and then getting a lot of minutes to now starting being the best player hitting game-winning shots. So amazing uh, how fast in 13 games Devontae Graham has gone from obscurity to the best player right now on the Charlotte Hornets team, period. And uh, that's that's pretty amazing ascent. Um, playing the Raptors in Toronto, though, Toronto's coming off a really tough long road trip and they were successful they're eight and four overall playing with uh, definitely the heart of heart of champions especially without lowry and abaca they've they've showed a, a ton of grit van vliet and uh siakam have been phenomenal um you know toronto's a, a good defensive team uh to me charlotte it's hard to really want to play too many folks on that side of the ball other than Devontae Graham. And I just don't think this matchup really suits him well with Van Vliet getting all, you know, uh, on him and, and some of their other guards that they rotate in as well. So I'm fading on the Charlotte side. Um, you know, Van Vliet has, has just won my respect, man. That dude, you know, is tops in the league in minutes played right now. His usages continue to go uh, go up and up. And, uh, you know, I, I think you almost, unless it's a, a bad, really bad matchup, you have to almost consider Van Vliet and Siakam in every game that they play because they're just such dominant usage. I mean, I, I've seen people try to talk about squeezing the juice out of the bone from old Marcus Gasol, but... He just does not look like the same guy. I think his regression, I think the last, he gave the last he had in winning that FIBA this summer. I, I just don't see him being a viable option, you know, on any slate to me anymore. And I know that's a big statement and a quick descend as opposed to, to Devonte, but I just don't see him consistently doing much in there. So, you know, I'm going to consider and talk about, both uh, Van Vliet and Siakam on, on most cards. But, you know, I see this game uh, just as a, as a lower-scoring uh, defensive game on the Toronto side where Van Vliet is going to make some of my lineups for sure. 
Siakam's price has become a little bit prohibitive for me, especially on a nine-game slate. But, you know, unfortunately, that's all I like here as well. These these first three games are tough to, to dial up many guys. Yeah, Van Vliet is the only person I think on either team I'd have uh, any interest in. I mean, just the price tags are the only things keeping me away from Siakam. And, you know, Powell's got a little price bump, so... Um, I, I think just I don't know why they won't price up Van Fleet. I think he's just he should be a guy that's like eighty four hundred. Um, I think he'll eventually he'll get to that price tag, but yeah, until then he's definitely in consideration every single night. I'm with you, no doubt. All right, game four is an eight o'clock game, Milwaukee Bucks at the Chicago Bulls. Um, you know, interesting game here. Uh, injury wise, we know Middleton's out. Uh, Otto Porter is out for the Bulls again. I believe that is what I saw. Uh, I'm going to look real quick to make sure. What's your take on this game? Um, I think on the Milwaukee side, I'm going to just stick with my trend that I've been just riding Eric Bledsoe. Uh, you know, when you look at the price tags between him and Van Vliet, you're really cutting hairs. I think both these guys, um, you know, night in and night out have, you know, pretty similar upsides. I think. Uh, you know, we just saw this game a few nights ago. Bledsoe did fantastic. The one thing you'd be worried about is Chicago keeping it close, but they kept All it right. close. They played well in that game, and they played long enough where these guys had to see meaningful minutes, um, and he was able to catch a little bit of fire in it. So I think mm-hmm. I'm gonna. I'm okay if you want to go back to Bledsoe. Giannis on any given night is always in play. He blew up in this game the other day. So listen, do you want to play him? I'm not gonna have any qualms with it. There's a few other guys that we'll get to that are pretty priced up as well. Um, so I think at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, I'm, I'm really just going to be looking at Bledsoe. Um, and then I'm not really going to be taking too many stabs at, you know, those wings that are kind of soaking up Middleton's minutes. Um, they're really just kind of divvying them up amongst, amongst all of them. And none of them are really carrying too uh, heavy of a usage coming in. Yeah. And in actuality, in looking at the usage, really those guys didn't benefit it. It just gave more usage to Bledsoe and Giannis they both uh jumped up with Middleton going out which uh you know you would you would think it would get a little bit more spread out but it certainly brings those two guys into play uh even more you know I mean it's Chicago's the ninth fastest team and Milwaukee is the fastest paced team in the league right now which is just shocking to me I never saw that coming but they are number one uh, as of as of tonight. So you know you've got a great paced game here. It's going to get up and down, um, and I don't know if people are really going to zone in on this game now. You know, yes, Giannis and Bledsoe crushed it. Can you you know can you really take the gamble of going with both of them? Because if it blows out, you're you're dead in the water. You know, I don't think you can. I think you can take certainly a stand on one or the other, you know, Giannis has to get 65.5 fantasy points to make five X. That's a lot of points. Now, maybe it's not for Giannis, but, um, you know, it just, it gives you some, some concern when a guy can throw 60 fantasy points up on the board, the game sort of blows out and then you're not even making value with the guy. So, you know, I think I'm probably going to go Bledsoe cause he's still priced well enough that you know he can six or seven x against a bulls team that seems to be relying more and more on kobe white to do some scoring from the perimeter so you know his price is still decent um the problem is he's gonna get some you know george hill defense and some wesley Matthews defense and a few other guys that are really good defensively and you know, for that reason, I'm not quite going to jump on the, the Kobe bandwagon in this game. You know, if it, against some other teams, you will see that I'm going to start rostering Kobe, though, because his his use has gone up. There there are uh, – there's a rotation, two rotations of their players when he is the highest usage guy on the entire floor, more than Markkanen. Uh, and even uh, it's it's when Levine is out because Levine always is the guy when he's in there. Uh, you know, can you roster Levine? Certainly, you always can because he's you know last game he was eleven for twenty four from the field, 
11 for 12 from the line, 36 points. I mean, he's going to score. You know, the, what you need from him, though, is you need to catch him on that night where he gets six or seven rebounds, four or five assists, and two or three steals and a block, which he doesn't often do. He, he does, he's a, he's a points dependent guy. And, you know, the, against a good scheme Milwaukee defense, it's enough to scare me off. So this game, I'm going Bledsoe, and I'm uh, probably not going anywhere else. Yeah, don't blame you. Uh, you know, the other side of the ball, it's really hard, hard to find someone that you really think, you know, feel confident and trusting to really run it back with. And that's my only struggle with playing, you know, any of the Bucks in this kind of format. I just don't like anybody on the other side. Where, but you know, the team overall can really play well, and they're a little bit deep now on, on you know, on the wings and uh, you know, with their guards. So I feel like that kind of helps them out in this kind of scenario. But yeah, just uh, just Bledsoe for me. I don't think you really need to dumpster dive too much with any of the other guys like your Thad Youngs and your uh, Divincenzos and those players. Yeah, they're just too risky, you know. And you take a eight fantasy points from a guy or something, and it just murders your lineup. So, all right, uh, middle middle of the pack here. We go to game five, uh, eight p.m. Eastern. Portland Trailblazers at the Houston Rockets. Uh, obviously, we haven't talked about this, but the crazy news of Carmelo Anthony signing with the Portland Trailblazers. What do you think of that? Man? I, you know what? From a, from a basketball perspective, coach, I like it. I mean, I don't think I, you know Anthony should ever have been blackballed. I think the only struggle that anybody ever had with you know you know bringing him to a team, and you know the only argumentative thing that I could agree with is the fact that he was wasn't ever comfortable with his role. But you have to imagine maybe at this point after, you know, having this much time off and seeing how no teams were interested that he has no choice but to be comfortable with the role. And he's joining a team that is in need of a stretch for. So, um, you know, it's a good fit. And I, I, it's something that we're going to have to monitor. Um, you know, once his pricing and everything comes out and we can see what he's going to be priced at, we could really even, you know, really make a decision. But he's expected to join the team to uh, on Tuesday. I don't know if that necessarily, you know, it means he'll be playing with them on Tuesday, so we don't really even need to worry about him tonight. Um, Tuesday is no. when he's expected to join the team. I don't even know if he's going to be playing on that game. Right, right, yeah. yeah. I, I would think they'll give him a little time probably to get acclimated. But, yeah, you know, I don't mind the, the move either, believe it or not. I mean, Portland is sort of desperate. They're 5-8, and eight, you know, other than Lillard and McCollum. They've just been atrocious and – you know, they're going nowhere fast. So, you know, sometimes you got to roll the dice like that. I think it's worth the gamble. But uh, but this game, uh, you know, this is the one I was waiting for. This this is the feature game. Yeah, it's on NBA TV. I hate when it's there's a national televised game because it always gets more ownership for the folks that don't have the, the league pass, which is a bummer. But it's to me, if you don't stack – two or three or four guys from this game, even though it's a nine-game slate, you're not going to have the winning lineup. Uh, I haven't looked at any of the pre-over-under numbers. This one has to be, like, ludicrous, though. You've got two teams that aren't playing good defense. They're uh, two of the nine fastest-paced teams in the league. Everybody all over the board is is going to be scoring points here. You know, you still have some question marks from the Houston side of some guys that may be back in house and uh, somebody else was, was questionable that could be back as well. Uh, they do have a few guys filtering in, but of course, you know, Westbrook will be back, but you know, again, I just, there's just going to be too many DFS points that come flying out of this game. I mean, yes, Harden's price is absolutely insane. He has to, you know, go upper 60s in fantasy points to low 70s to really smack it for you at all, and that's intimidating. But I still, I'm still going to roster the guy. I think Harden's just, I, I mean, I see 75 DFS points. You know, they actually had a night off. Their Portland's defense is horrible. Um, I think you, you roll them up and then you, you follow back up on the other side if if you want to let it all hang loose and go with Dame, or you can 
go down a little bit and go with CJ, uh, I think those guys are just automatic. The other guy I was trying to think of that's possibly back tomorrow is Capella. He's he's he and House, I believe, are going to play. So uh, you know, I would like to dial up a third guy. Uh, I know I'll be spending a big chunk of cash in this game, but I think it's going to be worth it. So I'm going to go either Harden Lillard or Harlan or I'm sorry, Harden and McCollum, uh, and then. Uh, whoever I can fit in for that third wheel, whether it be PJ Tucker or uh, you know one of the other guys, I think that that will will round out the roster. I'd like to have a lot of representation from this game. Yeah, I think for me, looking at the uh, Houston side of the ball, I think James Harden's in play on every single slate. I think when it's all said and done, I might uh, be a little bit you know under the weight compared to you because you sound like you're going to be firing up a, a lot. I, I'm definitely going to have a few shares. Um, but the way I'm looking at my construction right now, it looks like I'm going to be struggling to get there. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to go to Westbrook, though. I don't know. I, I, I'm with you, Coach. I love this game. I'm just going to be str- struggling to stack it because it is a nine-game slate. There are targets and you know other games I'm definitely going to want shots at. Um, I really love Lillard's price, though, at 8600 on DraftKings. Um, yeah, I, how can you pass that up? There's just almost so no way to do cheap. it. He should be he should be like 94, 9500, brought up there with, you know, Bradley Beal and his, when he's at his top tier pricing and those other guys. No so, um, yeah. I'm definitely on him. And, you know, looking looking at the uh the Houston side of the ball, obviously we are going to want some targets in here though. So, I think PJ Tucker makes some sense to play in this game. Um it just seems like it'll fit him well. Um, Capella and House are both probable, so you hit that nail on the head coach. They are expected to play, and I think this could be one of those weird, you know, I'm, I'm GPP. Obviously, when I say can't base more like games, um, they're going to need his defense, and there's going to be a ton of turnovers left and right between James Harden and Westbrook and on the ball. So I can envision him, you know, getting like three or four steals in this one. You know what I think I'm going to do? I, I'm just going to go out there and say it on the show now, and just stink and go for it man i think i'm gonna drop my proverbial dfs pants here and just go for it and i think i'm gonna roster harden lillard and mccullum and just figure out a way to make the rest of it work i I, there's enough value spots where i mean if this game goes the way i think it will and it ends up 144 130 that I, I think I can just have such a, a distinct edge on the field. Uh, I haven't stacked a game to that, that point this entire season, but this just like it's like a shining red beaming light that just says go for this on on this slate. So I I very well may do it. Now yes, it takes out Luca and Kemba and Cat. I get that. You know I get it. But there are, there's enough value that, that I can find uh, with, with all the guys that are out uh, to, to make this work, the Aaron Holidays, et cetera. So there you go, man. I'm going to say it. It's, it's 10.03 here in Dallas the night before this slate goes out. But I'm telling you, you're going to see crazy Vegas numbers. And all the stars seem to be aligned. I'm going for it, brother. So there you go. I don't. I don't hate the idea, coach. You know, it does sound like it's a definitely a correlated stack that can be profitable. I think when it's all said and done, I, I think that when you're looking at this game, if it does hit some sort of a game total, like you said, it's going to be largely a part of those two guys on the on the Portland side of the ball. I mean, at the end of the day, they're the heart and soul of the team, and if they're winning a game, it's it's got to do with that one of them, if not both of them. Um, I struggle getting C.J. McCollum right, but I can easily see him taking advantage of the James Harden defense in this matchup. Big time. Because you know Westbrook's uh, going to guard Lillard, so, I mean, he's going to get, um, get that, that Harden defense. But awesome. Well, I might as well just not even do the final four games. I don't have any salary left. <laughs> <laughs> You're done. You're tapped. I'm tapped. It's, it's dumpster dive here. So, all right, let's, let's take that thought into this uh, fun game at 8.30 Eastern, the San Antonio Spurs at the Dallas Mavericks. And uh, I'm going to, I'm already searching for value as I'm scrambling here, but you know, Luke has been just absolutely, I know we talk about it every time, but we're both Mavs fans, so we can gloat. I mean, 
he's just been absolutely unbelievable. And, you know, this will be interesting against San Antonio. Mur DeJounte Murray sat the last game for rest because they don't want to play him on back-to-back. -back. So he's going to be completely fresh. He's a heck of a defender. Uh, he's a little undersized, not much though, to guard uh, Luca. He'll he'll play him, and you know they'll rotate some other solid defenders on him as well. But uh, you know I think he'll do fine against the Spurs. You know they're going to try to slow it down, but they're not playing that well. They're five and eight. Uh, you know it's in Dallas, so I think you know they have a chance. You know to make some noise here. You know Luca uh, and. Porzingis are always options on every slate. You know, I'm certainly not, you know, I can't afford those guys with my roster build. And, you know, plus the Spurs, they're always a thorn in the Dallas side, generally defensively and, and cause a, uh, you know, causes some trouble. I wouldn't doubt this is going to be a tight game, even though Dallas will be favored. I think the Spurs will give, give them some noise. And, you know, I say this every show, but it's worth saying. I just don't like playing any Spurs. They all share the ball. They all split minutes. Very seldom does somebody have a blow-up game. And if it is, it's somebody weird like the one game where Patty Mills had 28, one game Rudy Gay had 26. I mean, if you can guess which Spurs going to have the big game, you know, more power to you. But it has not been DeRozan and Aldridge on any type of consistent basis. And the guards all split time. So, you know, I doubt, you know, this might be a game I can get a little uh, roster relief uh, as far as salary and maybe squeeze in a Dwight Powell or somebody of that nature. But other than that, I, I'm not going anywhere in this game. Yeah, I mean, I'm not playing any of the Spurs with Murray being healthy and playing. You know, I was on white a little bit last game. Um, you know, Porzingis, uh, I think, you know, not the best matchup for him. A little bit of a price bump from where he was at before. So I'll pass on him. Doncic is always a play for me. I just, you said it yourself, just the upside doesn't match up proof at this point. Um, but that's really it. I'm, I'm not really too enticed by anybody else in this. I think nine games, we could look elsewhere. Definitely. All right, we go to the, the three later slate games. There's a 9 p.m. Eastern game. This should be a lot of fun. Uh, Celtics coming off that crushing defeat today where Marcus Smart's game-winning shot like laid on the rim. Looked like it was way more in than the ball that went in last year for Kawhi, but uh, somehow found its way out. So they're coming off uh, that buzzer loss. And they have to travel to Phoenix. And, you know, Phoenix 7-4 and four has been scrappy as all get out against everybody. Uh, even with that loss today, though, Boston's still a real impressive 10-2. and two. Um, But both of these teams, uh, their defensive scheme has been great. They're, they have both improved tremendously. Uh, even Boston from the defensive efficiency side. And, you know, they're not the fastest-paced teams uh, in the league. Right now, Boston's sitting at 17. Phoenix is up to 8, so they've picked it up a little bit. But I think, you know, Boston has a tendency to set uh, pace in the game a bit. And, uh, you know, I, I don't see this blowing out-wise as far as points go. Now, you know... You look at today's box score, you know, there was there was some sharing of the ball, some guys that stepped up, but there's also a lot of guys uh, rotating minutes uh, with Boston. I think being on a long road trip has definitely, you know, played uh, part of that. And then obviously, you know, with, with Hayward going down. Uh, but it's, you know, today it wasn't at Brown and Tatum stepping up as much. You know, you had – different guys. They're using a lot of bench. I mean, he's, even though they're winning a lot, it seems like every time you look, it's, it's Wanamaker and Edwards and that green, that young kid green. I mean, they, they're playing a lot of guys and it makes it hard to really want to target many of these guys. Cause the, you know, the Tatums and, and Browns and Kemba's are fairly expensive. Um, I wouldn't trust the whole, Tanner Williams, Tice mixture at big. They're all split in minutes. So that makes it tough there. Then on the Phoenix side, you know, 
do you go with book? I, I don't think so. Cause you know, Marcus smart's going to be all up in his business. And, and I just, I, you know, that scares me, uh, from the Booker side as as great as he's playing, uh, with, you know, shooting the 90, 50, 40, just being terrific. Uh, you know, also you Rubio again, you know, he could easily throw up one of his one for eight shooting games, uh, or go seven for 10. I mean, he's just very hard to pinpoint. Uh, I like Baines in this game. I think he's, uh, I think he's going to step up against Boston, this Boston team who could have paid him and didn't and sort of let him hit the road. And, uh, I like him in this matchup. I think he's going to show up and dominate, especially if Canner's in there. He'll just eat him for lunch uh, and then some. Uh, I also sort of like uh, Ubre Jr. I think this game, you know, fits him well for for the guys that will be guarding him on the wings. Definitely not a game I'm going to target, uh, but Baines is, is probably cheap enough to, to make my uh, – I mean, not super cheap, but cheap enough to make my my build around my big stars. How about you? I, you know, the Baines revenge narrative is definitely a thing. I think that he would actually fit well in Boston right now. Depend, you know, looking at this jumble of centers that they have, he'd easily be the best one of the bunch. So, you know, I think that's definitely something we could key on. His price tag went down a little bit, down to fifty one hundred on DK. Um, I mean, I am going to have a little interest in in the you know the guard rotation over there in Phoenix between Booker and Rubio. Um, you know, mm-hmm. Booker having you know a career career game, a career game for any for half the Hall of Famers in in the Hall of Fame um, against was against Boston and Marcus Smart on that night. So I'm not necessarily yeah. scared off. You know, this guy's not afraid of double teams. He said it in the gym. He gets it all the time. So. Um, he's, he's almost a guy that, you know, I, is almost arguably considered matchup proof at this point in his career. He's a, he's a scorer. He's a volume scorer. He can score on a lot of people. Is he going to have the same ancillary stats and matchups like, you know, rebounds and assists that he would against a bad team? Probably not, but I think he can still score with the best of them against any team. I could see this game staying fairly close, um, and being a tight one towards the end. So, I'm going to struggle paying some of the price tags for those Boston guys. You know, Kemba Walker, I think, is fair at 84 just because um, the floor is is pretty is pretty secure. When you look at, you know, Tatum and Brown and their similar price tags at, like, you know, seven in the mid-sevens on DraftKings, um, yeah. we also know that they have pretty low floors. Like, those guys can come out here and put up 16 to 22 uh, DK points and really sink you. Yeah, Kemba at 84, you're pretty much looking at a floor of like 30, maybe you know, mid-30s with the upside of 50 and 60. So I'm yeah. okay with paying that price tag. Um, not really interested in the other guys, though. So for me, it's going to be Booker, Rubio, Kemba. I know it sounds a little generic and plain being the studs, but I just don't think this is a scenario where you really need to go overboard. I think you know Dario Saric, maybe keep an eye on. He's been absolutely playing fantastic. I don't really like this sort of matchup for him. I think that he can have some struggle uh, trying to you know chase Tatum around on the wing. So I'm 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 keeping my eye on him for future matchups. I don't really love him in this one. It wouldn't shock me though if he keeps playing 30 minutes if he has a good one. Not a bad one. I you know I wish I could afford Kemba because I do like Kemba in this game. I think he'll he'll have a, a nice game. I just you know I'll tell you if there's if there's two matchups, the only time I would shy from Booker, and this is just my own opinion is if they're playing the Clippers and Pat Beverly or the Celtics and Marcus Smart. Just just my own gut feeling of those are the two guys that I think can give Booker the most trouble. Now, I know uh, Booker s- scorched him, but at the time when that happened, I don't, don't think Smart was playing as well. I just, you know, it just concerns me because Booker's price is starting to get up there, but uh, – you know, he could. I mean, he when he gets hot, it like you said, it really doesn't matter. It's only eight k on DraftKings, coach. He's like, I think for, is the eight k now. Eight k. Okay. So like, I and I think it's That's kind of bad. it's it's a bump that we're seeing. You know, we're, we also just kind of we're looking at it with the Hornets. You know, when you're going against a good defensive team, DraftKings takes that into account, and we see a lot of these guys kind of see a really depressed salary compared to where they normally would be. So you know, we were just yeah. we were just talking about Devontae Graham, and his price tag went down. 
um, you know, after another big game, and it went down because they're playing the Raptors, and I think Booker's price tag is going down um, because it's, they're playing Boston. So when I look at guys who I think are, you know, matchup proof on the scoring side, which I think Booker is, I think he can drop 30 on anybody any, any given night. Um, when you're yeah. getting that kind of upside, and that's where most of his value does come from, you could take advantage of the price tag dip. And so that, that's my main interest, and I kind of, you know, blurted it out in, a, in too many words. So would, you know, would I be shocked if he has like a very mediocre game? No, Boston has a fantastic defense. But I think a lot of other people are going to look at it from that. We're going to be able to get Booker at a depressed salary and a depressed ownership uh, because of Boston's defense at the same time. As long as you're not depressed with his results. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the goal. That's, that's what we're hoping that we're not. Uh, you know, maybe he'll give me a decent return and I'll be able to take some of those, some of those winnings and go on a nice cruise and change my depressed attitude for my depressed salary go, and depressed ownership. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think DraftKings is probably where he's priced the best too. So it might be site dependent on, on some of Booker stuff too, but – that should be a fun game to watch, though. That's one of those ones I'm going to dial up for sure. All right, two games left. Another uh, 9 o'clock Eastern, and it's Timberwolves and Jazz. And for once, I'm not going to be sad for not having cap money because he gets to go against – you talk about a depressing defense. The Utah Jazz will depress just about anybody. Uh, they slow it down to a crawl. They play ugly. They foul. They get it done. You know, they're eight and four, which is solid. And, uh, you know, if anybody can slow Cat down, I think that uh, they can. I believe Wiggins is out for this game, though. Doubt, uh, doubtful right now. Yeah. yeah. No, not so that, you know, that definitely makes you want to play Cat and even maybe uh, a Teague just because, you know, Wiggins has been uh, monster use this year. But, I'm going to just hope the Stifle Tower can can give Cat some trouble and slow him down enough, and he'll be on my fade machine, but I'll definitely be worried. Um, you know, I don't think Jeff Teague is a bad play. Yes, Conley plays really solid D. Uh, not quite, you know, like I've said, to the level that he used to, but good. And Teague isn't, you know, he's coming back from that illness, so I don't know if he's 100% and ready to roll, but it's just such a hard game with a, with a slow pace, even though Minnesota plays fast, uh, you know, they're fifth, you know, but you're, you're looking at, uh, you know, just Utah 24th and, and being in the top five in defensive efficiency just makes it a hard game to target uh, anybody else. You know, this might be a game to find one of the, ancillary pieces to, to round out a lineup, you know, uh, a guy that, you know, may be able to, to throw a decent game on the board, like a, a Royce O'Neal or, or somebody of that nature, but just definitely not a game to target. I mean, if you want to cherry pick a guy out of this game, I get it. If you're going to play cat, I get it. But after that, it's just a tough game. Yeah, when you look at these guys, it's weird with their pricing. You would expect it to be almost the opposite of what we just talked about. They're going against, you know, a good uh, Utah Jazz defense. We're expecting them to get priced down. Um, you know, Cat at 10-2 going against Rudy Gobert. If he was around that 96-98 price tag, I would definitely have a ton of shares of him just because I know that he's a guy that can still play well against anybody regardless. But when you're looking at his yeah. price tag and him being, you know, more expensive than uh, what you know, ninety-five percent of the slate. You really have to think about that. I think that there's yeah. still a little uh, juice left in the bone with uh, Teague and Covington. They did get a little price bump, but it's not enough that I think it completely pulls them off the table. I was I was going to be excited to look at Layman on this uh, on this slate, but that his price bump at five k, um, it's just too much. If he's still in that forty-two, forty-three, forty-four range, I would maybe take a couple stabs at him. But at this point, at five k, I'm not really down for chasing those points. Um, you know, going over to the Utah side, um, I think this is a good pace bump for all of them. I think that there, a lot of these guys are going to be in play. I think Gobert is going to have to play. 8200 is pretty much the, the prototypical Gobert price now. It's what he feels like he is, like, you know, every single night. Um, yeah. But we've been seeing these massive rebounding games where he's been paying off for it a lot. You know, three out of the past four games, his lowest score was 48 with a high of 55. Um, yeah. And I, I think that it's another game where I wouldn't mind – 
you know, taking a look at him. When it's all said and done, we do have some other center options on the slate, and are we going to be able to afford him is the question mark. But he's definitely in a plus matchup. And I think the same can be said with Mitchell and Conley. Um, when I'm looking at Mitchell, I think I'd rather pay for a guy like, you know, Booker. Um, just only 100 more, you know, just thinking that yeah, I, I want to take advantage of that situation and that matchup like we just spoke about. And right. I, I Conley, I'm kind of just still steering clear from. He's starting to pick it up and turn it around. We're seeing the shot attempts up. Uh, but the field goal percentage is still a little down, and I'm kind of waiting for him to write this shit before I want to put my money on him. I don't blame you, man. Good take, good take. All right, before we get to the last game, and it has a lot of intrigue to it, just again, you know, I want to thank our, our presenting sponsor, Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee Company, uh, the, the original sponsor of hoop-ball.com. Uh, definitely uh, go to hoop-ball.com. Uh, check out our premium package. Sign up for Brew's newsletter. Uh, it's a terrific newsletter with a great insight. Only way to get it is is going through our website uh, and signing up. Also, um, wanted to mention too. This is a two-step process. Listen to this show in in the morning on your way to work or at lunch during a break, whatever. Start building that lineup in your head of of what you're gonna have for your main DFS core, but then you got to follow uh, follow up on the news because all this news that breaks throughout the day tomorrow all the way up until lock is what's going to really formulate your lineup. So uh, go to you at Hoopball Fantasy on Twitter. You'll see our blurbs, all the updates up there. Uh, also go to hoop-ball.com, hit forums, go to the DFS thread. Miles and Andy, who are now podcaster DFS guys too. They're always doing the uh, updates on there and posting things. I'm usually throwing a lot of player news up there as well. And then follow all of us on Twitter. I mean, we're always active posting, answering questions. I'm at Joe Sarvati, J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. He's at Mike Apatria, M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. And then uh, Andrew is at Language Olympic. Uh, the other two guys, I do not have their uh, Twitter handles written down here. I think it's Miles6565, something like that. Yes. So, yeah, definitely. Uh, Miles is Miles6565. And then. Wow. For an old coach, dude. Hey, I want an apology on that 187 year old thing. I pulled that out of my brain. <laughs> yeah. Late at night. Long weekend, and I remembered Miles' Twitter hand. So yeah, well, not, not bad, Coach. Not bad. Uh, and then, you know, Drew, uh, uh, Andrew's Andrew. over at, uh, yeah, Andy, over at Drew J. Gallagher, and it's spelled, you know, Drew, letter J, and G-A-L-L-A-G-H-E-R. That sounds pretty fancy schmancy. Drew J. Gallagher, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> the middle initial. I love it, man. I love it. Um, all right. Awesome. That's it. That's what we needed to do before we go over this last game. I, you know, I'll tell you one of the most amazing things I've seen in sports this year, in my opinion, and I, I think it's going under, under noticed is the first two games that Paul George has played in limited minutes. Fantastic. Have you seen his numbers? Fantastic. Yeah, he looks like he hasn't missed a beat. It looks like he didn't have any shoulder surgery. Uh, it looks like, you know, the guy that was an MVP candidate. So I'm thoroughly excited to see what this team can do healthy. Uh, you know, this is all without Kawhi Leonard even playing. So, uh, you know, let's see. He's questionable coming into the game. Um, I, I can't wait to watch this whole this – whole, I want to see this defense because we're talking about Pat Bev and Leonard and – this defense hasn't been healthy yet. When they are healthy, it's going to be devastating. I'll tell you, if, if Kawhi, I mean, they're just going to load manage or they're calling it injury manage the rest of the season with him. But I'll tell you what, if, if George, if this is a glimpse of what Paul George is going to play like, I, I just, I don't know how anybody's going to beat him. And I know the Lakers fans are going to throw a fit and, some of the Milwaukee people and all that, but I just, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't see how that squad with anchored by Kawhi and Paul George on both playing both sides, it's just going to be unbeatable. Now, I don't know what the heck Kawhi missed two in a row. Now 
So out of the, the 12 games, he's already missed four. He's played eight and missed four. Isn't that unbelievable? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not shocked, actually, so I'm not going to say it's unbelievable. It's kind of something that, you know, at Hoopball we were mentioning in the pre, uh, you know, the preseason with our, with our you know, season-long kind of leagues is, yeah. is that we have, to, we have to take that into account. And, you know, that could be the difference maker to drop him down from a guy that should be going probably like, you know, seventh or sixth or fifth overall in season-long leagues down to, you know, a, a back-end first-rounder or, you know, beginning of the second round type of guy. Yeah. And I mean, it, he's a, it's a killer in DFS too, because, you know, with, with two of the main sites, not having a late swap, you know, you plug Kawhi in and then they decide they're going to sit him. You're, you're screwed. So yeah, it's tough. I have no idea. You know, I guess it's completely 50, 50 if he plays tomorrow. So, you know, and, and I still, I said to fade George both first games because how do you, you know, play a guy that might play 20 minutes coming off being out for this long, and here he just obliterated his numbers both times out. So, you know, I, I'm not going to underestimate George. I'm not going to dial him up. Yes, it's against the Thunder, so that's a big narrative as well. It, and it's in L.A. I mean, I certainly wouldn't fall – fault anybody for dialing up Paul George uh you know I but I'm not sure on the you know on the Thunder side you know there are some options there you know Chris Paul going back to the clip you know playing in LA and his old stomping grounds I know it's been a while ago we know he knows where the secret tunnel is too yes he knows how to go in and maybe (laughs) steal some of the information yes but you know I, I just Paul just hasn't been an option for me all year at his price tag. Uh, Shea is always a possibility, but it's the Clippers defense. So, you know, it, it's all contingent on the Kawhi news. If Kawhi sits, it brings, you know, two or three players into play for the Clippers immediately. Uh, if he plays, then, you know, it's a completely different situation because of the usage. So, uh, and on the Thunder side, you know, after that, I'm, I'm not sure, you you know, where you want to go there. Adams has shown some signs on and off of playing okay. Uh, but they seem to be just a uh, in transition. You know, these new young guys, Diallo and Blaze, uh, Baisley and all these guys are getting minutes. I know Diallo was dinged up, so I'm not sure his status. We'll have to check that. But I would say just keep an eye on this particular game. And, you know, it's one of those where we have to get, you know, significant concrete news if you're going to, you know, dial these guys up in a 10.30 p.m. Eastern game, uh, especially on the sites where you can't late swap. Yeah, no, I'm kind of in the, the same boat with you on, on both sides of the ball. I think um, this if, if Leonard sits, I'll look at the Lou Williams, Montrezl Harrell stack over there. Um, once Leonard is, you know, playing and Paul George is healthy and both these guys are looking at 30 minutes, it's going to be hard for me to gravitate towards that stack anymore. We're not going to yeah. see as much of the usage. I think this team's going to have the capability to blow a lot of teams out very quickly as well. Um, and that's going to actually help them. And, you know, they're going to look to do that. That You know, that's a way that you can see Kawhi Leonard get even more rest. So I don't think yeah. that they're going to be opposed to, you know, resting these guys when they're up 20, 30 points in the game. So I think those guys, if Leonard out, are in play. I'm not, I'm not really going to have too many shares of – uh, you know, anybody really on L.A. if if they're all healthy. Um, it, it is a good game. And on the other side of the ball, I think, you know, Shea's in play. I think it's it's a good game. Fair price tag at 6,300. Um, and I think this could be a little bit of a, a Dennis Schroeder game. Um, you strict GPP play, kind of like, a, you know, yeah. you have to have like those gut feels when you're playing Schroeder. Um, and I'm kind of feeling one of those. So uh, there's no stat merit to it. It just kind of feels like one of those rhythm type games where, even in garbage time, they'll still see some decent minutes and end up with a high-scoring game and playing in the fourth quarter. So I, I, I think that's kind of my exposure. But I'm really not interested in the late-night hammer at all, and I hate that because I always want to have somebody in the late-night hammer. That way, you know, when it starts, I'm not just seeing my place go down. It's only going up. But Yeah, yeah. It, it's weird. I've been on both sides of that, you know, where you're rooting. You're just there rooting against guys, and, and that's always uh, – that can be fun or it can be painful. It just depends. But, uh, yeah, I think you just – this is one of those just keep keep an eye on all those new sources that 
I mentioned earlier for tomorrow. And, you know, if we, we get some, some concrete news on some of these guys, then, uh, you know, you can adjust accordingly. So, all right, man, fun nine game slate for a Monday. It's going to be awesome. I'm, that is really cool. Um, tomorrow night, I get to do a nice little quiet four-game slate all by myself. So that'll be very easy to do, uh, and that'll be fun. So I look forward to, to jumping on for that one. But uh, any other uh, comments or anything else about the slate or anything else? Nah, man, I think I'm good to go. All right. Well, I think we are good. We are good and ready to make some DFS money. Uh, again tomorrow so let's do it all right well uh, we thank you for your listenership thank you for growing uh constantly with us you know you can listen to us every day just do a search for uh nba dfs today or just uh dfs today podcast we're going to come up everywhere uh podcasts are found we're on itunes Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, iHeart, Spotify, YouTube. Take a second if you could. Five-star, like us, positive remarks. You know, uh, those really help us. We're going to continue to build this, continue to grow it. And uh, all those responses uh, mean a lot to us and uh, our sponsors going forward. So uh, we appreciate it, man. And and thank you all for listening. Uh, thank you for joining us on Hoopball NBA DFS today. For my man, Mike Patry, I'm Coach. We'll catch you again tomorrow when we look to crush it in NBA DFS. See you later, guys. This has been a Hoopball presentation.